0: Thanks for tuning into the Life in the Front Office podcast. I'm your host, Jake Hirschman. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And thanks to Suja Organic for their support. Remember, you can get 15% off any one-time pack on shop.sujajuice.com with the code LIFO, L-I-F-O. And enjoy today's episode. Welcome to today's episode on the Life in the Front Office podcast presented by Suja Organic. Excited to have our guests and Ben and Jonti from Sport Buff today, uh, both co-founders, to talk about fan engagement, gamification, kind of the sports tech world and and everything that's involved in that space. Um, It's certainly one that's tangential to our sports and entertainment world, but but one that's nonetheless more important as uh, engaging fans is harder than ever but also more interesting than ever in terms of what we're uh, able to do and, and capabilities and, and such. So um, Ben, Jaunty, welcome. Brilliant. Thanks a lot. really happy to be here speaking to you, Jake. Good afternoon. So enlighten us about what gamification and Fan engagement means to you, and and we'll we'll kind of get going into a little bit of not only how Sport Buff got created, but just for our audience to start, what does gamification even mean, Uh, and then how is it related to fan engagement?
1: Yeah, well, exactly as you said in the in the opener, there it's like the you know the the industry the the world is moving so much faster, you know, and there's more opportunity to engage an audience, engage a fan. Uh, compared to ever before. And you hear people talking about fan engagement, but it's kind of the same old. Uh, what, what we're doing at SportBuff is really changing the game and we're giving the opportunity for fans to be, you know, a part of, a part of that sport that they're watching. With our, with our interactive, like graphic overlays that come across the broadcast, it's a way for fans to, you know, be involved and be with their friends by predicting, by joining in with the actual live studio, the commentary that's happening uh, on the action, uh, you know, and really being a part of that. And ultimately, you know, this comes from, from two parts. One is John T's background in, in more traditional sports broadcast, where, you know, apart from the advancements in sort of camera quality that overall that kind of sports production has stayed the same over the last several, you know, many decades. And I'm sure John T will have something to say on that a bit later on. But it's also about the fact that, you know, even from our, our experience and that kind of, the birthplace of the idea of Sport Buff is, you know, when John T was in LA and I'm in London, we're watching, we're watching the same game on different broadcasters. And, and we're having them to message through WhatsApp and get engaged through these other ways. And we've all got opinions about what's going to happen. But at the end of the game, that's that's kind of it with with sport buff it's about every opinion counts every interaction that you do your predictions your polls uh your player ratings so then at the end of the game you've got a you know a a definitive this fan knows best this is this is the sport buff
0: and so talk talk to me about sport buff itself right because uh as as you know you think about what a company means what's behind it the values how you get to a name how did you get to sports sports buff like what what to you what does that mean look for
1: us it's 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 junty really because it's like it's that it's that validation of someone who knows a lot about what's going to happen like whenever you're watching a game with with your friends uh you know or even without your friends you've got a feeling that you think you know what's going to happen next or that that was the wrong substitution to make or that, you know, this, this player is going to score next on the next drive. And, you know, right now you can either validate that through sports betting, which is very restrictive, you know, for, for a lot of fans and has its own considerations. Or else you can, you know, tell your mate down the pub uh, or, or on WhatsApp and say, you know, like, oh, that was the wrong thing to do. or I think this is going to happen next. But again there's no uh way of actually qualifying it this is what sport buff is about it's about every interaction earns you points and then at the end of a given match game uh season or tournament you can then actually definitively say this person is the sport buff they're the number one you know
2: know it all for, for for that event and, and that ties in really nicely with the, the aims of a broadcaster because you know, for a long time I sat in that traditional linear world, we would pay lots of money for these sporting rights. And yet every live game, people would be on WhatsApp, chatting to their friends, discussing the very things that Ben has talked about, placing bets, uh, checking the stats, who's run the furthest, who's had the most passes. Well, those that's my conversation. I've paid that amount of money for those rights. So surely any benefit for those engagements should happen for the broadcaster, for the rights owner. So what we do at Sport Buff is, is bring all those engagements that a modern viewer now does in and around a broadcast and bring it back over the first screen experience. So the, the ultimate Sport Buff solution is a first screen solution. That changes slightly when everyone's watching on a big screen and it, and it, and it moves into a more of a companion app. But yeah, it, it ties in exactly what, what Ben is saying. Every interaction engagement earns you points. And at the end of a game, you can quantify how much you know about the sport. Janti, every great idea comes from that aha
0: moment or just that tenure of experience where you're like, man, there's just really this big gap, right? There's something missing. There's there's something that maybe someone's taken a run at it, but they didn't do it the right way. And hey, X, Y, Z could really change, you know, the way people do things. What was that moment for you guys, or what was that that aha you know, experience for you that's given you this
2: roadmap? Where we're, where we're really lucky with Ben and my, myself, we both sort of had the same idea, but came of it from different angles with different knowledge. So I was driving into Fox Sports along Pico Boulevard uh, in LA, and I, as an English soccer fan, I was there to produce all their, their soccer content. was was constantly being harangued and harassed by American soccer fans who knew knew a lot about the sport and wanted to to talk about it in a way that they do with their traditional big sport, so very stat-orientated. And I always felt that that soccer has an instinctive feel, the the momentum of the game, knowing that someone's going to score. Because I was continually getting these into these conversations, engagements, I just thought if we two people could sit and watch a game, we could be asked questions in and around, you know, and tri- trivia, but also predictions of what's going to happen. There's something in that, and there's something in that qualification and and seeing yourself against not just your friends but other people involved in the game. So um, you know that's where I came from, and and. I've got a background in traditional linear broadcast, so I would be pitched digital solutions that may or may not have been even in the same area, but they didn't understand my workflow and the way it needed to work. Uh, and was fortunate enough to know Ben from a long-standing friendship. Uh, and he had that knowledge and that background and was doing very similar things in the same field but without that broadcast element in it. So the two married together, I think is a unique combination and the perfect union, the perfect marriage. When you think about what you want for
0: fans, uh, as you're talking about the perfect marriage and and then there's, there's this idea that you have, but then you got to bring it to life, right? And how do you bring it to life and create the vision for, Ultimately, the end product, the end user, and then it evolves over time, right? As as the fan's continuing to evolve, so you've got to stay on top of that. But but Ben, when you think about the product launch and and um, ultimately the end user, like what's the goal? What's the end vision of of where you want this to go? Yeah. So like Jay, it's, it's obviously it's a long
1: journey with with all of these things, and you know even now sportbuff is uh, you know is is setting the benchmark for a, you know for fan engagement audience engagement um, uh, you know around sports and, and even beyond but it's still only kind of 2% of what our vision is for, for you know for for what this is and and already i've lost all my hair and, and it's been absolute stress <laughs> but it's something where you know we're we're aligned uh, absolutely in terms of the vision for sportbuff and, and and where we're going but from a personal perspective, we, you know, we both really take to heart, you know, uh, maybe two different uh, ambitions for, for the fans. And, and I think, you know, from, from my side, it's, it's about making it frictionless, you know, mm-hmm. the, the way for, for a fan as they're, as they're enjoying their content to then be able to kind of socialize, engage, build that community, and also for them to be able to make those purchases and, and, and be a part of it without needing to drop out and go to different apps or to put different codes in and, uh, you know, like do all of these different actions, which take them away from the whole reason why they're there in the first place. And so whilst my big push is, is about this kind of frictionless experience for, for the fan, I know uh, John T's, you know, especially with his production side is much more around truly doing something where it is about fan engagement, about bringing that audience into it, breaking the fourth wall, uh, you know, and, and using that that fan to be
2: able to be part of the production flow. Yeah, Ben, ben touched on it uh, very briefly earlier, but, you know, the way sport was being produced, it was from when I started back in the early nineties to now is a, is a passive lean back experience for the viewer. So the editorial decisions are decided by the director, by the producer, by the talent on your set. But isn't it surely time now that the fan, that the viewer, that the audience can have a hand in where the production goes? And in in its simple form, you know, offering up which piece of analysis do you want to look at in a limited half-time break in a soccer game or between, you know, players in in the NFL? What do you want to talk about? What's important to you as the viewer? And it's a simple real-time vote that leads to that feeling of interaction, the feeling that my voice is being heard. And, and that's, you, that, that's what's really important, important for sort of fan engagement now. It's, it's that feeling that they've got their voice heard, providing a personalised experience and that feeling of community. The feeling that you're watching with your friends or with your supporter group or in, even against another supporter group. So that's, that, you know, I, I'm often asked that same question about well, what do I want from Sport Bar? absolutely honestly i want to change the way that sport is
1: produced and it's like jake even as a fan like how many times are you watching sport and you just think oh this commentator don't you know like it's like he's just he 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 or she you know absolutely like missing the game they are on the wrong page here and 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 again even when you know when i'm watching i watch a lot of uh, combat sports and it's like I'll be on Discord groups where as soon as as soon as the bell goes at the end of the round, there's just a flood of five hundred people posting their unofficial kind of like scorecards in there, and that. All of it is people want to be heard. They want to be a part of that, and there isn't a way right now. And so SportBuff is the way for them to be able to you know post your official, uh, your kind of scorecard. That could then be part of you know the actual show itself, so they can say, look. Here's here's our retired pro and what he thinks. Here's what the fans think right now. Because where else do you go for this information? Like nowhere. You could say, well, I could go on Twitter. Twitter is a shit pit. It's like, you know, (laughs) everyone is, there's so much toxicity on there. And there isn't a way for you to quickly get that census. And that's what Sport Buff does. It's this real-time census, you know, of the audience where
0: you count. Your opinion, you know, your voice counts so let's let's talk about one thing real quick. There's the broadcast streaming uh, entertainment fan, and then there's the in-game fan. Can they both exist within sport buffers or is it only on the broadcast? No, it's, yeah it's, they, they both exist they're, you know
1: they, you've got that Venn diagram uh, you know and there's a massive overlap that exists in there and and we've got. I mean, again, the same way with you with this podcast series, you know, you, you go through this and you meet some incredible people who, you know, give you their perspective on things. And this is the really exciting thing about, uh, you know, working in, in this business where we're, we're really privileged to, to spend time with some fantastic people. And, uh, and, and one of our good friends and contacts, uh, Townsend Bell, where when he was talking about it and, and he sort of said it's this the same way as when you go to watch a game at your buddy's house and you think I'm just gonna have one beer and I'm just gonna have a handful of chips and then by the end of the night you've done you know your six pack and you've done a whole bowl of, of chips and dips as well at the same time and it's that kind of this is what sport buff is about for that broadcast fan and for that in-game fan where it's it's really about the opportunity to provide this like snackable uh, betting, snackable buffing, this this snackable experience. Because as we push the buffs through and we see phenomenal engagement rates, that's where, you know, it, it only takes a certain amount and then someone interacts and then they'll interact again and again. And all through that, then they're starting to build their profile, their points, their score. And then by the end of it, you know, we've got many interactions from you know from this user, and and initially they might not have thought about actually participating or interacting you know with it at all, but they get they get pulled into it, and that's a really big powerful part of, of what Sport Buff brings. It's this snackable experience. You know, everything is permission based. It's not going to be for everyone on every game, and I know even again with with John T is when his team Shepherd Wednesday are playing is then he won't respond to whatsapps he won't respond to anything you know he's just focused on the game and that's cool but the 99% of other sports you know that's that's where buff
0: works for him and and the in game experience of your family of four and you and and you're all sitting together right you can all be on the app during the game and now when you think about the current fan the 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 current day fan in that there's more screens to engage with than ever. There's more, to, to your point, apps. And, you know, I, I know that if I'm watching Red Zone, I've got the WhatsApp group group chat going off with all the buddies in the league, right? And, and then there's side texts and then everybody's got 17 notifications going on at once. So how do you capture their attention in the right way for, to your point, an engaged amount of time and, and you know... Um, consistent engagement.
2: I think, I think because of the gamification that you, you, know, you spoke about initially, You know, every interaction is earning you points. And if you suddenly understand that I'm doing this anyway, but if these points that I'm earning can give me some benefit, if I could win tickets to the next game, if I could win the chance to meet uh, a player after the game for a VIP experience, then immediately why not you know, unify all those experiences so that you know you're playing for a purpose, for a goal. You're not just interacting, you're engaging, and, yeah, and the experience is, is gamified.
1: And, and so, you know, when you talk about red zone, you imagine you're you're watching that, and obviously your attention is split right now, but imagine then you're watching, you're watching out on your screen, and in real time, you're also seeing your fantasy updates are coming yeah. up on there. The player slides in, you've just earned nine points on that. Your chats can happen in that environment. And then where, you know, the different stats as well, we can surface all of that. So you don't need to go after these other places. Then let's take that one step further and actually you're killing it and you're crushing it with your group, your team. Maybe you and your buddies actually have, you know, your own little group. And that's something which then the pundits in red zone, you know, they give a shout out to, to you guys because you just earned the most amount of points on that last set of drives. Or it's like, you know, wow, Jake one, two, three, he's on fire, he's just claimed that at the end of the first quarter. You know suddenly for you as, as as a fan again, it's it's this empowerment through through recognition of being part of of the broadcast
0: that, that you know that you follow. Johnty, to your your experience on the broadcast side with the talent and the production, what what needs to change and what can change in that environment in terms of making the broadcast more entertaining and and look, certainly Sport buff is part of this, right? as, as you guys are thinking about the entertainment, Side of engaging people with a broadcast as opposed to having four different screens up at one time and something's in the background and it's not, you know, they're not really paying attention, but they're looking at their phone and, you know, talking to their friend, right? It's, it, there's a lot going
2: on. Yeah. I mean, it's just a mindset. It's, it's changing the way that you've done things for a long time and bringing in, breaking that fourth wall and, and off realizing as a commentator or a, you know, uh, a play-by-play, as you would call it in the States, um, has not just his color commentator alongside him to find opinion about, but he has the whole of the viewing public. And within as simple as saying, what do you think of that? It's uh, augmented with a buff in real time and you've got instant feedback from the audience. And that I think is a mindset change, but one that's very simple to do. Um, And as soon as it's happened, then, there'll be one big broadcaster's done it, another, another, and then it's it'll be commonplace in the similar way that, you know, there's an uptake on HD to go from four, four by three to 16 by nine. It, it's once one is doing it, then we'll all be doing it. And the other sort of really exciting thing about Sport Buff, it's, it's everyone benefits. It's the viewer that benefits because he has an engaged experience. It's the broadcaster that benefits because he's speaking to, um a modern audience a generation z if you like although we don't think of it as just for a younger viewer we think of it for a modern audience your sponsors your advertisers have a whole new inventory uh, to be able to connect with and also the data that you're receiving uh, on individual users on your audience is also vital to to a big broadcaster to see what he's getting right and to see what is really engaging, to serve more of it. It's a, it's a self-propelling loop, if you like. Yeah, no, that makes a total sense. But ben, ben slipped
0: something in there earlier in the episode where he said, merchandise and this and that. And I'm like, oh, there's a, re- there's a, wor- there's a word called revenue in there somewhere. And it's, <laughs> you know, there's, there's ways to do partnerships and Jaunty just alluded to it, right? With sponsors and advertisers and different inventory. But talk to me a little bit about what that looks like and how to potentially integrate to your point, Johnny, if you're going to be doing, you know, things on different apps and engaging with fans, like why not win a trip to wherever. Right. And, and why not, you know, be able to go on a road trip with the team or or whatever the case might be via an airline partner, whomever that gets involved, how will that work Uh, and, and what's the vision there?
1: But definitely the opportunity, you know, for sponsors is, is really strong there, you know, like, exactly like you said with the airline partner and, and any way for them to sponsor that. But then also to then be able to push real time transactions with that audience, because then they want to book those flights or book that halftime pizza, what, whatever that might be. And for us really it is about this, again, this frictionless experience, a way for, uh, you know, a fan to, to really be able to embrace their fandom, but in the most convenient way possible. And I say convenient in, instead of lazy, because what we find is, you know, for everyone now, you know, modern, modern audiences, it is increasingly about convenience. And you see, you know, people are happy to pay for that, but that's with Amazon going from Prime, which was then two days, one day, next day, same day, same hour, Soon, you can pay them and they'll eat it for you and just put it in your mouth. And, <laughs> like and it's like, but this is where, you know, as, as, as an audience we wanna be, you know, how many times are you uh, as well, you know, even checking those stats in sports, but you're watching a movie and the amount of times where suddenly I'm on IMDB just going, well, who was that person? And I, what other movies were they in? You know, and, and then actually there's the opportunity for me to purchase those extra shows or purchase that extra content. And this is a big thing that we've we've uh, you know just worked through recently, where we were showing that during say like a, a lunchtime game, that then actually there's a big pay fight in pay-per-view event that evening. What we can do there is in a totally different sport to that audience, we can get them to predict on that evening's uh, uh, like big fight, and actually from them predicting in there, we check if they've purchased their pay-per-view pass for that evening. If they haven't we can run a a promotion there in real time to that audience. Within two taps on a buff, they've purchased their pay-per-view for that evening. Now this, for the audience, for the fan, which is absolutely always at the forefront of everything we do, for that fan, it's about convenience. You know, I am interested in that fight. It's just been brought to me and actually, without needing to leave what I'm watching right now, I can then just conveniently purchase my Fight Pass on a discount for this evening. For the broadcaster, that's new revenue. It's an upsell that's happened on there. And ultimately, somewhere along the line, that's where we get that that
0: mystical R word, the revenue. Fascinating. Um, No, it's, look, with everything, there's always uh, an opportunity, right? And then opportunities evolve from from others. Um, But as we go towards the end of this episode, I want to understand what not only you guys think of uh, fans in the U.S. versus fans, you know, outside the U.S. and kind of globally and internationally, how they engage differently? Because uh, earlier in the episode, Jonti, you mentioned, hey, we, we both had different perspectives, same idea, but fans in the U.S. are different than fans globally, right? And so there's, you're also merging those two as well. How do you learn from the fans themselves as you guys evolve?
1: I mean, there's a there's a, a funny little side note here is that we actually we were just uh, earlier having lunch with the guys from Warner Media and you know from the U.S. side, and they were saying how interesting it is with some of the football or soccer matches they've been to in Europe, where there are no away fans or they're all segregated, and I think that's always been something interesting. You know, when you go to U.S. sport and everyone is kind of all mixed in together. Whereas, you know, for, for many other countries, there is that, that separation because of the kind of fanatical nature of that. But it's something where regardless of, of from my experience, if it's, if it's U.S. or if it's outside of the U.S., you know, the passion is, is, is absolutely always there. And I think that's the thing where, you know, yes, definitely there probably are more stat-driven, I think, in, in, in the U.S. But it's something where all of that, again, stems, you know, stems from the passion. And, and it's something where as long as you're authentic in terms of what you're doing with, with that fan base, because they'll be able to see through these things and you you want to do it with their best interest in heart. And there's definitely some activities, you know, which are happening in in kind of sports tech right now that they're, they're not with the fans' interest at its heart. And I think that's where there might be short-term value for those businesses but longer term you know they're going to struggle because it's so important that, that there's that authenticity for the fan and that's where even when we're talking about bringing sponsors into the experience you need to be improving that that fan experience otherwise you know if, if you're just peddling more adverts people are going to turn off
2: most definitely jonathan anything to add there I think the word that Ben used there is authentic uh, and and 100% you've got to provide an experience that's unique to those uh, fans but also understands where they've come from. You know, the, the things that I found about sort of American fandom was I didn't really understand about college sports before I went there. And I sort of happened upon that and saw the fervor that, that's in and around it and understood that that's that's of a di- of probably the level of a, of a soccer uh, football fan in the UK because those allegiances run really deep it's family it's history whereas NFL is much I, I considered it more of a sort of um, a learned behavior if you if you like because you know franchises move around perhaps there's not the history there so it, that that tailgating that 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 um, traditional songs that there are in in, in college sport I think is, is is something that should be really embraced and and, and loved about American sport and that stat driven element to things that that understanding of you know the next picture the closing picture coming on and his stats is, is unique to American sport but that it isn't understood by by a sort of a European sport perhaps and the other big difference and I could talk about this this stuff for hours but is that promotion and relegation that that isn't part of an American experience that is really unique and hugely important to a to a European sort of soccer and that that feeling that you know this club could you know it, it could absolutely drop out of this division and everything about its revenue could turn upside down whereas a sort of an MLS or or an NFL club you know that financially secure and they know that what they'll be doing over the coming years hey you know if, if 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 the team that was fighting for the number one draft
0: pick could potentially drop out of the league i think you're i think the fans would be a little bit more passionate about the second half of the season right or or uh hey we're marching toward that 100 loss record you know uh no one's coming well they might be if if that's the last time that they're going to see them right no, I, I John, T, I think it's uh, it's fascinating, right? Just the differences uh, across, you know, the, the globe from a sports perspective. But, you know, as you think about the journey that you, that you've embarked on, Ben, you mentioned you've, you've lost your hair from it and, and there's a lot that you've learned along the way for, for someone who's sitting there going, I, man, this, like this world is interesting. Sports tech is interesting. Content's interesting. Where is it going? How would I get involved? what's your advice for for connecting with individuals in the space who to learn from uh, and, and ultimately like what are the skills that are needed to succeed in this sports tech environment i think the you know the this that advice
1: is the same you know in and outside of sports is if you've got an interest in something and you want to be involved in it then just get involved in it you know like take that step forward reach out connect with people uh but you know to to get the best success in there again you want to align it with with your interests, with your passion and uh you know so then you're you're working on something that you absolutely believe in that you love what you're doing that's why you know that's what that's what we're doing that's what our team are doing and then you know you're able to pull in good people around that and so yeah you know i i did lose my hair and gain weight but I, I do you know that but, but you know it's it's uh it's absolutely worth it because it's something where you know you're every day you're working on something which yeah it's not always easy there's 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 a huge amount of of pressure of stress of drama but that's that's the excitement and that is you know again like sports as well you know there's there's pressure to win pressure to succeed and uh, you know, but you you're not going to win every single game or finish every shot, you know. And actually, sometimes, as as Jordan said, you know, you'll learn more from from the shots you miss, uh, you know, or the, or the games you lose, or you know. And as as Gretzky said, <laughs> I was just going to keep quoting them, but no, it's it's something where you know you you miss a hundred percent of the shots you never take.
0: I so. love it. I love it. I was, I was waiting where you were going for, for on, those, on those quotes. I was like, okay, we got basketball, we got hockey. Who's next? Is there there's soccer and football? But um, uh, as, as, as we go to rapid fire, um, real quick, biggest thing that you've learned
2: from this, this startup journey, biggest thing that you've learned? Uh, don't assume anything. For me, having come from a big corporate world, um, lots of things are taken care of. They're not necessarily in a startup world. So don't assume anything. That, uh, everything takes longer
1: than you expect. And so you just need to keep pushing with it. And you know, don't take, don't take no for an answer. Uh, and you know, don't don't stop pushing. It's like you, you know, you need to make stuff happen.
0: Awesome. All right. Sports buff rapid fire. Okay, I, I have to ask some questions around your favorite uh, fandom. You know, we'll, we'll call it qualities. Uh, so, favorite sport? He's getting excited, you know, because <laughs> he knows he gets to talk about his team that no one knows about. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I'll get there. I'll get there. Favorite sport? Football, soccer.
1: Yeah, f- football, and then and then fighting. Fighting. Not, like like not always together. Not always together, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like
0: like uh, boxing MMA and stuff like that. Okay. Uh favorite place to watch a game, match, event, what what have you? Hillsborough, home of Sheffield Wednesday.
1: So mine. Let me let me take you on a little journey here, right? So rapid fire, <laughs> rapid fire. Oh, come on. <laughs> I was going to talk about 2012 Chelsea's Champions League win in Munich, where where we lifted it against Bayern Munich in their in their own stadium, where we had only done that in the final. Edit this, Jake. Edit in, in the, <laughs> the semi final before against Barcelona in the Camp Nou. I mean, amazing! They're the places to watch your own team become European champions uh, for the first time ever at, at the home of, you know, other great massive teams is,
0: was something. Ben, I'm starting with you on this one since you were quoting uh, a few players. Favorite athlete to watch? Uh, it, it was Michael
1: Jordan. I've always had, you know, just uh, an immense uh, soft spot for him and, and loved like the last dance and, and other stuff there. I think it's been phenomenal.
2: Uh, a player again. I have to put it to to Shepherd Wednesday, and our apologies, but a player called Chris Waddle, who uh, played for England in, in, in many World Cups, phenomenal, and a great haircut as well. The the other special
1: shout I want to give to is uh, like Serena Williams as well, and I just thought that was a you know another another immense athlete who you know changed changed the game there.
0: All right, Jonathan, I'll give you this one. Favorite team. Outside of Jeff who you've Wednesday. already mentioned,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, mine, mine is Chelsea. So sticking, sticking international. All right. Uh, last one, last one for you. If there's the one,
2: favorite, at- favorite NFL team is the Broncos. Broncos. Okay. Yeah. John, the one, the, the one American team that I felt affiliated with and went to see them a lot and really enjoyed with the Dodgers. Dodgers dr
0: blue um all right last last question for you if there was one app that you couldn't live without what would it be
2: sport buff whatsapp i think the level of communication that that's given people the ability to share video to share thoughts voice messages i think it's It's changed the way that business is done, that that social is done. I think, yeah, you would really struggle if you didn't have it now. Incredible.
0: Well, Ben, Jonti, really appreciate all of your insights, perspectives. Love learning about your journey, what you're creating. Uh, Excited to to see it continue and, um, you know, the, the vision come true and come to life. So uh definitely appreciate having you on and, and definitely will have you on again here in the near future uh, as as it continues to evolve and uh best of luck thanks jake it's
1: been a real pleasure and, and we look forward to you know coming back on in the in the new year we're gonna have some great stats to talk through with you in just just a couple of weeks time you know we're gonna be uh, across many broadcasters around the world you know, really helping those those football and soccer fans get closer to their action. So we'd love to come back in uh, early next year and, and be able to give you an update on, on those fan engagement
0: insights. Thanks for listening to the Life in the Front Office podcast presented by Suja Organic. Remember, you can get 15% off any one-time pack on shop.sujajuice.com with the code LIFO, L-I-F-O. And remember, if you like this episode or you like the Life in the Front Office podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Really appreciate you tuning in and stay tuned for the next one.